Shalom everybody, welcome back. We are finalizing and continuing Likute um, Alachot, Orachayim, Section 2, The Laws of Bekat Toda'ah, Discourse number 6, The Laws of Giving Thanks, Discourse number 6, based on Likute Mar Lesson 24. We're just concluding, finally, the paragraph 18 on Rav Nossin's opening up the whole story and incident between Yaakov and Esav, of him, Yaakov buying the birthright, from Esav, and by doing so, being able to take the blessings from him. Uh, Rav Nosen is pointing out to us that it was so important that, that Yaakov take away the, the birthright from Yaakov, as the birthright is the key for the blessings. Now, both involve Simcha. True Simcha, which is the Simcha in the belief in Hashem, the Simcha of the Torah and the Mitzvot, the Simcha of the future redemption, the Simcha of the final resurrection of the dead, which is an eternal joy. And someone like Esav, who turned his back against all this, who didn't want true Simcha, and therefore he was someone who was sad and angry, that's why he did what he did, he killed, he murdered, he did adultery, okay, he, he did idolatry against Hashem, and he didn't believe, and he didn't have a connection to God, and he was against it. So Yaakov said, this is a person who's sad and depressed, and it's not worthy that he get the birthright. And it was so important. We have to understand a little about the Bechorah, the birthright. Why is it so important? The birthright signifies a beginning. And when the beginning is done right, which means there's joy, true joy at the beginning, this is like a guarantee for the future. Now, if the birthright starts with someone who's not happy and not positive, then by, by, by extension, anything that comes out of the birthright, especially the blessings, because again, there's a play on words here, the beracha and the bechorah have the same letters. Bracha, the blessings, and bechorah, the firstborn birthright, okay? A birthright signifies a breakthrough in life. A breakthrough in life, normally when a person has a breakthrough in life, the normal attitude is to give thanks to Hashem for that breakthrough. Now someone who doesn't believe in Hashem, someone who's sad, won't have that thanksgiving which comes about through the birthright. The reason why blessings come about through a birthright is because, again, it's a breakthrough, it's a beginning, it's an opening. When you, you see on, on, on a simple level, when a first child is born, there's immense joy in the family. You know, wow, a milestone, finally children, wow. You know, everyone's happy, the parents, the grandparents, because it's an opening, it's a beginning, okay? And the beginning accompanied with joy through thanksgiving to Hashem. Oh, that's the key for the bracha. The key for the bracha is specifically because the birthright brings with it a feeling of joy and thanksgiving. And that, that is the key, the prerequisite to receive blessings properly. Okay, so turn this off. Sorry about that. So, because of that, the, the Yaakov Avinu was so concerned of getting the birthright taken away from Asaph, seeing that he was someone who was sad angry and also it was reflected in his eating he came back tired and he said let me swallow up the eating attitude of Esav 
showed everything to Yaakov. It showed him this person is unworthy. This person is depressed. He's sad. That's why he's saying, stuff my mouth with the food. Or it's like a lust which never ends, is never satiated, and never, there's no true simcha. When Yaakov saw all this, he understood this person doesn't have the right to receive the blessings because he's not besimcha. He doesn't have true joy. Okay? It has to be taken away from him. Until Esav changes, which is when Mashiach comes, the klipa of Esav and Edom will be finally rectified, and there'll be true joy activated in Esav, will transform it to the true joy. Until then, he has no right to have the birthright. So let's now go back in. Valken yafe amar lo Yaakov bemuado Therefore, Vnosen points out, it was very nice and proper and fitting that in the whole the expression of the Torah of what's happening that Yaakov said at the right time at the right moment he said the following if it's like this if so in other words you're telling me to stuff your mouth and you show me that you have sadness and you don't have true happiness and you deny Hashem because of that that's the proof and it's reflected in your eating and we see it so then therefore if that's the case you don't deserve the birthright and the blessings that come about through it. So I want you, sell to me as clear as the day. That's how Rashi explains the word kayom. Sell me your birthright because you technically, according to the deen, according to the law of man, of mankind, the law of society, the law of the Torah, the one who comes out first, which was the case of Esau, he came out first from Rivka, you have the birthright. Sell it to me. I want to have it in all proportions. Therefore, you have no opening to, to demand the, the blessings that come from, due to the birthright. Okay, ki ba-bechorot. And because the service, again, going back, Rav Nosen is pointing out, the service initially, and believe it or not, the commentary said that even in the time of Avram, Yitzhak, and Yaakov, where there were priests worshipping God, such as Shem, Shem was a Kohen at the time, okay, and, and, and at the time that there were Kohanim, priest like Shem, serving Hashem, recognizing Hashem. So the, the, even back then, there was recognized a type of a priest was the firstborn, believe it or not. The commentaries say that. So the Avodah, the service technically was existing, not necessarily for the Jewish people, but in the world, as they began to recognize Hashem, like Shem and Ever, it was recognized that the firstborn is the one who does the service to Hashem. Okay, and also, like we know, they foresaw that initially when the Jews leave Egypt, the, 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 the devotion initially in the, in the tabernacle, in the temple, ideally should be with the firstborn. Ki bechorot. The service, serving Hashem is a bechorot. Okay, so what? So to serve Hashem, to be a priest, to have that you need joy. If there's no joy, you can't do that. And the bechor signifies that joy. Simcha, right? Rav Nosen says, there's the idea of joy. You don't have that joy, Esav, so you're not worthy to the service of being a firstborn, could both signify joy. Therefore, Yaakov was like saying to Esau, since you have chosen as your lot and your portion in life to sin, to transgress the will of Hashem, and also to eat, eat eating of the evil side, which is halata, just swallowing and swallowing up to show that you have no joy in life and you just want physical satisfaction, which anyways you never get, but you keep on thinking you'll get and you don't get it. Shebechinat atzmudin, all this, right? The averot, the sinning, the person falls into his lust and temptations to transgress the Torah. And also, right? 
the the eating of the situation, all that is in the category of sadness. Therefore, Yaakov says, you don't deserve the first the firstborn birthright, which is the concept of joy. It's not fitting you because you're sad. You cause Yaakov was, was as if saying you cause more damage than good by getting the birthright. They won't not only will it not help you. But it will bring down the light of the joy of the birthright and the blessings that come about. You're going to take it to another place, another direction, which is bad, destructive. We can't let it happen. You have, you've chosen the pathway of atzvut, so therefore it, it's, it's, it's only fitting that, that you don't deserve the birthright. Valken, Rav Nosef points out something amazing. Therefore, look at this. Alken. Therefore, you see in the Torah that really, Yaisab was so quick to sell the birthright. He didn't like challenge it. He was so quick when he, when he heard what is it and what are its benefits. And like Rashi points out that he said, like we can see coming up, the next, the next point here, just he, the, the Rav Nosson is bringing, bringing out that Esav was so quick to willingly sell the birthright. Vamarlo. He said to Yaakov, the next verse there, verse 32 in that chapter, chapter 28, 20, uh, 25, verse 32. I'm going to die. Yaakov, Esav said, remember Esav, Esav said, I'm going to die. So why do I need the birthright? Rashi points out, I'm going to die. What's the pshat here? I'm going to die because... It does, Yaisav Rashi brings down, he asked Yaakov, what involves the birthright? There's many punishments, you know, the, the laws of the, the Kwanim offering the sacrifices and everything. And if he just makes a mistake by a little bit, then, <laughs> then he gets punished by death. So Yaakov, Yaisav said, if I'm going to die with it anyways, why do I need it? That's one thing. But how the Gemara also, which Rashi did not bring, interprets it to mean. What does it mean? lamut. So, but his point is, Rashi, Rav Nosson pointing out that he said it so quick. I'm going to die anyways with it, so why do I need it? So I'll sell it to you. So Rav, Rav, Rav Nosson brings out what the Gemara says on this. The, the sages in the Gemara, Baba Batra, page 16b, said like this. When he said those words, I'm going to die. In those words, by saying that, he was indicating that he denies the resurrection of the dead. I'm going to die anyways. Meaning what? Esav did not believe in the afterlife. Esav denied. He was a major atheist. That was the whole reason why he was so, so depressed. He did not want to at all turn to Judaism and spirituality as a, a, an opening to have joy in this world. He tried to use this world itself to bring the joy generated from this world, which was a dead end. But because he was such a kofer, such an atheist, he didn't want to believe with, with purposeness, with, with willingness. He didn't want to believe in Hashem. So he denied everything, including the afterlife. That's why he says, I'm going to die. Right? And I, 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 I'm going to die an eternal death. There's no life. Once you put me in the earth, it's finished. So if it's finished... Make the best of life. Make the best of it. Make the best of being in this world. If anyways, you have one life to live, like they say the Goim, the atheists, you only have one life. We don't believe that in Judaism. You don't want one life to live. This life is a preparation for the real life. The afterlife is the real life. This is just a preparation for that life, right? So he denied that. So, and what is Tchetametim? Like we said earlier, the resurrection of the dead is the ultimate joy. The point, the fact that in the end, everything is going to work out. 
Why are you sad in life? From all the, tri- the trials and tribulations and so-called suffering you're going through, when you look at the whole picture, that in the end, everything's going to be good. In the end, and to say that, you have to believe in the resurrection of the dead. All the people, the parents who you lost, and the relatives and siblings, all the people who died, and they're no longer with us, and it's sad. But in Judaism, we know we're going to reunite. This knowing to reunite is the belief in Tchatemetim. If you don't have that, you can't have that consolation, and you can't have joy. And this is the ultimate joy, like we said earlier. This is the ultimate joy. So if you have no Tchatemetim, you have no joy. So he... Asa by saying, I'm going to die, meaning there's no happiness in my existence. Anyways, it's only this world, and there's no true eternal joy. Once you're dead, you're dead. Finished. Wrong. But he, that's what he thought. Okay? That's what he said afterwards. The, 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 the next words in the verse, verse 32. So why do I need the birth of anyways I'm going to die? Okay? Rav Nosen saying, all this is expressing Esav, sadness and depression. Because definitely, someone like this who denies the resurrection of the dead, which is the ultimate goal of all service of Hashem, all Torah and mitzvot is to get to that goal. Everything that you're doing today is an investment for the final, final redemption, of which, it will, which, which was when the resurrection of the dead will take place. That's the goal of all the service. So if you don't believe in Tchatem Etim, automatically you don't, you, you don't believe in serving Hashem. There's no reason for mitzvah performance. Why should I make myself limited and keep Shabbat? And all these so-called restrictions, right? People say there are such restrictions that give me, you know, I can't do this, I can't do that, I can't eat whatever I want, I can't go wherever I want, I'm so restricted because I'm religious. Why do I need all these restrictions? What's the purpose? <laughs> if you don't believe in the ultimate good after this life, which is the final redemption, of course there's no purpose in your serving Hashem. Definitely, the service of the sacrifices, which was for the purpose, the ultimate purpose of the resurrection, the final redemption, the final good, and by extension, any other service of mitzvot, there's no joy in it. There's no simcha. The person's not happy in serving Hashem because he's so stuck with the misery of this world and trying to find happiness from within this world to satisfy himself if it's the movies and if it's all types of uh, smoking and having fun and, and doing things of course he's not happy you know so of course there's no purpose for him to serve Hashem also Ravnosin points again because the essence of joy of every Jew is that we know and we believe that there's a purpose, there's a goal. That the service of the sacrifices and the mitzvot is our whole purpose and, go and, and hope forever. It's our eternal hope. In other words, we have a, we have a reason. We have a, 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 a reason why we're doing what we're doing. We have a reason why we're serving Hashem is because we believe in the ultimate joy, which is beyond this world, the real eternal joy of the final redemption. And that's why we're serving Hashem, to invest for that experience, that final experience. Alken amar karauilo. Therefore, it's fitting what Esav said to Yaakov. I'm going to anyways to die in eternal, you know, finished dead end, terminal death. So why do I need 
all the restrictions of the Bechorah, but at our point, it's the, the, the joy associated with it. Ve'az, and then, like it says, the, the next verse there, Vayimkor, right, verse 33, and then Yaakov sold his, sorry, Esav sold the birthright, a clear selling, like the day, in other words, it was super duper clear, he sold the birthright to Yaakov, etc., and what did Yaakov gain? Yaakov did this because the blessings are dependent on the first, the first, the the birthright, the firstborn birthright, and therefore, uh, through this, Yaakov merited afterwards to receive all the blessings from his father. And he got the blessings because Yitzchak told, told. Esav and Rivka overheard Yitzchak telling this to Esav prepare for me a food dish so that I can bless you it was dependent on the food why so dependent on the food you see this is the thing Yaakov was afterwards to get the brachot through that he gave him holy food that was the whole thing here that to give Yitzchak the, the ability to eat food of holiness which is the food of joy eating in holiness in other words it's it's how you're eating, which is Yitzchak Avinu's quality of eating. He was such a tzaddik. And also what he ate. Right? Like Rashi points out, don't give me stolen an, an animal. There has to be uh, an animal that was not stolen. And in the end, Asa brought him a stolen animal, like Rashi points out. Right? And he said, I want you to t- catch something which is hefker, which is, doesn't belong to anybody. That, that puts in the category of bring holy food. That you know the, mon- the money involved in buying this food is not stolen money. Right? It's not, it's, not, it's not made from something which comes from an impurity. So that's the holy food that Yaakov did give to Yitzchak, his father. Like uh, we know that Rivka, she gave, she prepared the food from her animals, her hugdi izim, her, her goats that she, that she had. She, she prepared that, uh, that, that food dish to give to Yaakov, to give to Yitzchak, right? Okay, so he gave him the food of, of, of joy. The food of holiness was the food of joy, which is the opposite of Esav, who's halitaninam, stuff my mouth, stuff my mouth, which is an inholiness, a food of unholiness. Therefore, Rav Nosen points out something amazing. We see the Torah says that Yaakov also bring wine to Yitzchak, along with the actual meat dish of the gdi izim, of the goat. He also brought him wine why does the Torah make such an issue that he brought him wine? Right? Kmoshikatu, like the verse reads there in Bereshit chapter 27, Parsha told right? Chapter 27, verse 25. He brought him wine. The verse says explicitly, and Yaakov brought Yitzhak wine. Okay? From this, the Midrash learns out. And Esav, the Midrash points out, did not bring him wine. In other words, there's a thing here. Why did Yaakov, yes, bring him wine? And the Torah said, the Midrash says, and Esav did not. Oh, what do I care if he did not or he did? What's, what's the benefit of wine? Ya- wine, Rav Nosen says now, represents joy. Ki yain b'kdusha hu b'chinat simcha. B'chinat v'yain yisamach levav enosh. Because wine of holiness, which obviously is the wine that Yaakov brought to Yitzchak, represents joy. Like the verse reads in Psalms, Tehillim, chapter 104. Verse 15, Wine, and wine brings joy to the heart of man, of, of, of mankind. When drinking properly, they, they have a play on the words and Yismach. 
the word Yisamach, if you can change the sin to a shin and the chetehe, it's like shmama. That if you drink too much, it causes desolation and waste. It waste it brings a person to waste. But when it's drink, drinking in the proper proportions, which is all he eating of holiness, when eating properly, it brings joy. In this case, wine especially. Wine is known for that. When drinking in proper amounts, not overdoing it, wine can bring joy to the heart of man. So it was fitting that Yaakov, who is after the Simcha of serving Hashem, that's why he bought the Bechorah, to get the bracha, the true bracha, which is due to joy. That's why he gave also wine to Yitzchak to drink, because wine of holiness, which is the case here, brings about joy. That's what he was looking for. Revelation is amazing. Showing that everything ultimately here, here is to bring out the joy. Bifrat, and now more than this, in particular, especially that night, the night that this took place, that Yaakov brought to Yitzhak instead of Esav, the food, the food that he ate from, that, why, why specifically did he bring him a Gdi Izim? Because it was instead of the future Korban Pesach. It was the night of Pesach, like our sages say in Pirkei Rabbi Eliezer, chapter 31. And what happens on the night of Pesach? Besides eating from the meat of the Korban Pesach, we also drink four cups of wine. Okay? She'az shotin Yisrael Then it's the custom of Jews to drink the four cups of wine. And this is before it actually happened. So Yitzchak, being a tzaddik and a prophet, was doing something which his descendants would eventually do. So also wine was being given that night. Because on the night of Pesach is when we experience freedom, redemption. We go into freedom, redemption, from the exile of Egypt. And what is the significance of Mitzrayim? Rabbi Nachman brings this Midrash a few times. The word Mitzrayim means to make a person tight and squeezed. And all the four exiles that we've gone through and that we're still in, the main damage that it does to us is makes us tight, makes us squeezed, and makes us, by extension, to feel sad and depressed, chas v'shalom. And the night of Pesach represents leaving the exile, leaving the sadness. Watch. We leave then the exile of Egypt, which includes all the four exiles. This you can take a look in Midrash Rabbah, Bereshit Rabbah, chapter 16, paragraph number 4, goes into that. There's one Rav, he gives the opinion there. His name is Rav, Rav Yossi Bar Chalafta. He says that all the egg for exiles are called after Mitzrayim because of what they do. They make a person tsar, tight. She, and, and Rav Nosin goes on to say, She'ikra galut, and the main exile that we go through is what? Sadness. Hu atzvut. Today we're still in galut. You can have Jews in America that are very comfortable, but they're not happy. They're sad. She'ikra galut. We've mentioned this already many, many times already. Exile is associated with sadness, as Rabbi Nachman brings himself in Lesson 24 and stresses that point very much. Valken, therefore we understand now, why Yaakov brought also wine, and, and to the extent that the Torah makes a big deal out of it by mentioning it. You don't have to mention it. No, we mention it because of what wine represents. Wine of holiness represents joy. Like it represents the joy like we mentioned right now. Valken, Therefore, after giving a food which represents the korbanot, korban Pesach, and a korban is food of holiness, and we said earlier that the korban is the food of tzaddikim, when tzaddikim eat, it's in the category of korbanot, 
right? That's their level of eating because it it's for the purpose of serving Hashem and not for the purpose of just trying to satisfy their physical lusts and desires. That's the eating with Sadiqim. That's why it was not fitting that Esav should bring a korban to offering food offering to his father Yitzhak because he's all saddest and depression. It'll just cause more damage. So Yaakov was fitting to do that. And on top of that, he brought the wine also, which represents joy in itself. And all through all this, what does it say? That afterwards Yitzhak gave the blessings. After eating from the food and drinking from the wine, he then gave the blessings to Yaakov. Key again, because this is the point. Because the essence of all blessings we receive through joy. Like he says in this lesson, that when you do the mitzvah besimcha, you now reach the level of the hands. The concept of the hands is activating blessings in life. And the blessings, bracha, is, is when a person now chooses the right thing as a blessing, which is a blessing of the intellect, which means to know of Hashem. And Yaakov wanted that, as opposed to Esau, who take the blessings transform them to something else or take it for physical lust and something damaging detrimental Yaakov as opposed to that took the blessings in order to come closer to Hashem to, to gain the knowledge of Hashem all the physical blessings in the Torah all those physical blessings the, the Midrash, the Zohar say these are all referring to spiritual accomplishments a spiritual, uh, a spiritual wealth of closeness to Hashem that's what they represent true in truth all this through joy and Rav Nosin coming out on a practical level, showing us that bracha comes about through Bechorah, which is the idea of Simcha. If a person now works on being happy, that's the key for, for an opening in life. You want help in life, you want to come out of your galut, you need to be Besimcha. You have all types of difficulties which are weighing down on you, making you sad and upside, upset and upside down. Everything is not working. Work on the area of Simcha because that's the key to get out. Ki Simcha Tetzeu. And that's the key for all the blessings that come about eventually.